Anyways, welcome to episode 40 with uh, The Morning Impact. We have special guest Lisa Bisbee-Lentz on. Do you always go by your full... Yes. Yep, okay. Yes, I do. Lisa Bisbee-Lentz. And we have uh, Mr. Dave. Oh, also another, another amateur hour going on here. It go. takes about five minutes of adjusting and turning on mics and lights. Yeah. And then go back to Miss Lisa Bisbee-Lentz. <laughs> Hello. Hello, everyone. I, 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 like, I like when people have, like, full, like, I, no one calls me Bradford Paul Poirier. So That does not roll off the tongue well, but Lisa uh-huh. Bisbee-Lentz, like, that right. just, is, that is, rolls off the tongue really well. Is Bisbee well. Your, your maiden name? Uh, yes, that's my dad's name. He lives here in New Bern. A lot of people know Jim Bisbee. Uh, he's a local potter. He gets himself involved in uh, a, a lot of different boards. Um, the Craven Arts Council was one of them, and he, uh, I mean, it, he just and Swiss Bear, and uh, even Arts to End Genocide. So I like to associate my name with him and Gail Bisbee too. Yeah. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. All right. And you, your mom's name is Gail. Is that what you were saying? That's right. Got it. So are you are you born and raised in Newburn? Uh, not at all. My dad retired here with Warehouser. And uh, so I would come down on vacations. I just thought this place was awesome. It was 45 minutes from the beach. And the lovely little town reminded me of Savannah, which is where I went to uh, art school, Savannah College of Art and Design, SCAD. And, um, and I just decided to move here. I thought it would just be a great place to retire. And I'm not retiring age yet, but I thought I'd be- move before mm. I got too old to enjoy it. At, yeah. How long have you been here? Uh, 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 11 years now. Okay. Yeah. I'm yeah. About 10 for yeah. me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two. Two. Mm-hmm. Two. How about you, Josh? Uh, honestly, probably about ten. Ten. Oh, okay. I thought you were a lifer here. Fourteen. Oh, right. we got to get him a mic. I think you're right. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah I, I thought you've been here like your whole life there. Okay. Anyways, uh, so okay. Um, yeah. So so how long have you been doing? Uh, so so Lisa is, I'll say, an accomplished oil painter. So we've. Uh, so Dave and I, if we go there during Art Walk to the Greater Good Gallery, Correct. oh, it's always one of my favorite stops. It's one of his favorite <laughs> stops, um, mostly because it does have wine. Um, <laughs> he does not go to dry uh, places during Art Walk, but anyways, uh-huh. uh, well, I don't, I don't know how many other people do, but um, how long have you been doing oil painting for? Uh, well, let's see. Uh, I first started doing. Um, uh, artwork. I'll start off with that. Way sure. back um, in sixth grade, my mom gave me this book called The Drawing on the Right Side of the Brain uh, by Betty Edwards. And honestly, it's got great exercises in it. And hmm. that's when I pretty much decided I was going to be um, creative some, some, some way, somehow. And uh, my mom was a potter, and then she taught my dad how to do pottery. And so artwork was like big. It was a huge value in our, in our, um, in our childhood and um, so I went off to uh, art school um, <clears throat> and and got a degree in something I could find a job in which was graphic design um, but I took uh, painting classes drawing classes and uh, sculpture classes all, all the um, fine arts and I love those so when I had a job at five o'clock when I was off work or on weekends, I would go ahead and create artwork. And um, that's when I actually started um, teaching, you know, um, 
when I when I when I was off work, all I could think about was art. We would go to museums, we would um, go to workshops, and and anyway, it's been really fun. Um, doing oil painting, I did it back in college, and about ten years ago, I picked it up again. Uh, before that, I did acrylic, and acrylic is really easy because you can carry it um, in the car and stop on the side of the road and start uh, painting a picture. You can't do that with oil? Yes, you can. Um, not as so easy. It's not as easy. Mm. Didn't know that. So is, it, is it because oil takes a little more time to dry, like it's maybe it's tacky or something? Or I mean, I've never, yeah, never that, used oil paint. That is true. And then sometimes uh, with a thinner and things like that. Um, I don't use thinner that is toxic. I use walnut oil, which is what the old master Do you used. always have to thin it? Uh, well, you don't have to, but I like to. And um, and I use that to clean my brushes also because I, the smell of, the, of um, the turpentine, that used to get me. So that's why I really didn't paint in oil. But once I found out you can just use walnut oil, uh, everything mm. changed. So that's there really when, when I started investing in all the oil paints. Mm. Some oil paints cost a lot of money because they take semi-precious stones and they grind them down. So like, say for instance, you took topaz and ground it down, you would get a really brilliant color, but also it'd be very expensive to paint with that semi-precious stone on the canvas. Mm -hmm. So that's why some oil paintings cost so much, just because of the quality the of the paint. And the material of it is mm -hmm. ba basically what the, a lot who, of it costs, not just the time. What color does topaz make? What is it like? Uh, well, you can get red. You can get you can get different colors of topaz. Um, you can also get like jade. You could grind that down. A lot of the old masters they would use uh, dirt, <laughs> different kinds of dirt. So when you're in um, <clears throat> a different part of the country and you have different kinds of dirt, that's mm. when you know um, the oil painting is from that area. So like Italians have different color red. Um, than the Indians, which are from India, um, and yellows are different. So you got like yeah. an education here, you know. You, 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 had, you had said once uh, during one of the artworks, you said like uh, like a European blue is very different than like an American blue. Nah, yeah, I'm like sky, sky blue or something. You were saying like the blues are very different. Newburn is such a neat place because we have so many tourists coming from all over the place. A lot from <clears throat> Bern, Switzerland. You know, they're coming in curious, but then some from Germany and South Africa and South, um, yeah, South Africa. Um, and they come in and these Europeans come in and say, oh, look at all the American blue. And I was so uh, taken back by it. I thought, what do they mean? And they said, everything here, all American blue, oh, everything. So like UNC blue or something? Or no, blue? you wouldn't see blue. You would see maybe a haze of green or gray or... Um, uh, reds or yellows, anything but blue. Oh, it's not necessarily that blue. the blue. Sh it's not necessarily that the shade of blue is different. It's just that they don't use a lot of blue. Is that more of what it is? Yeah, yeah. I see. So when you go to the an art museum, and you look at like the Renaissance European Renaissance painters, and they always seem kind of dim and muted and all mm -hmm. that. That's maybe because of some of the colors that just weren't available at the time or um well yeah some of those colors are quite expensive i mean you can only imagine you had to be royalty um in order to be able to afford to hire an artist to paint certain kind of colors really so yeah that's hmm. true back then that's why uh royalty and the church really were the ones who uh commissioned artists so that's how the history happened uh okay anyway there we are. So, um, yeah, like right here, I've got an example. <clears throat> uh, this is a, yeah. Ooh, 
Oh, okay. There you go. Wow, hey, that's vivid. <laughs> so this is a uh, Terra Verte, and um, one of my uh, Terra Verte. Terra Verte. Is that the name of the place? That sounds fun. Yeah, it's um, green from the earth. So they take these grasses and they burn them up a little bit. Then they grind them down, add a bit of oil to them, and then they paint. Uh, and it turns out greenish, um, muted green in a way. But actually, your camera shows this really vivid. Um, Thanks. Yeah, it's really <laughs> kind of cool. Yeah. So anyway. Um, so that that painting is use, using the ground up grass. The the terra verde. Yeah. This this is my painting. It's um it's in Italy. It's called uh, Tuscany. Is it so, okay to hold it and touch sure, it? Like, yeah. You know, I, in fact, honestly, I, I asked that because I, I know one. The one thing I do know about oil paint is you're actually not supposed to touch no. it a whole lot. You are not, no. Yeah, just like the oil from your hand actually messes with the yeah. oil of the painting. That's yeah. what the extent of oil painting that I know yeah. about. I would never do this to anybody else's painting. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> but I do this to I'll do it my, to someone's mic. <laughs> I do it to my own, and it's just because I love the feel of it, I love the texture of it. You can tell it's a real Is that painting. oil or acrylic? This is oil. Okay. This that is, is oil. pretty. So anyway, um, I, I teach a little bit about um, the colors, the materials. Um, I give everybody kind of a smorgasbord of what it is uh, to create. And then that way they can find their own niche, like wherever they want to be creative. So, for instance, um, I've got this class right now. It's for children. And um, we studied Vincent van Gogh. And mm. uh, so he's do, he's got does the starry starry night. That's and a famous one. That's the famous yeah. one, and um, it, it was pretty interesting because um, you know Vincent was a loner, you know, but he found solace in his artwork. And one of the hardest things is, you know, when you're going through times of trouble, like say we went through that darn hurricane. Do you remember that? It wasn't the hurricane itself; it was the aftermath mm -hmm. of the hurricane. Just two weeks ago, I met two people who had just moved back into their house. Wow. From Hurricane That's Florence. That's unreal. Yeah, it it's unreal to be di displaced. Two and a half years later, yeah. Yeah. So this COVID thing, I mean, this is actually peaceful compared to that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, it's, a terrible it's a terrible thing that's happening in our world. Yeah. So it's just terrible. But um, we'll all get through it. And if you can find um, some way to be creative. An outlet, sure, yeah. It's mm -hmm. a little just like an outlet. Yeah, I was talking to my wife about outlets last night, actually. Um, One, you know, 110. I, what's that? 110. 110, 220, sure, <laughs> anything like that, yeah, at all, uh, or, or or 230 and, and 115 if you're in the in Europe. But um, no, I you know we were because uh, I I do some woodworking projects on the side, like mostly outdoor furnishing stuff, like picnic tables, porch swings, like that that kind of stuff. Nothing fine furniture. Um, but I'm like I don't even know why I even do this. It's like I'm pretty like stressed to the max already with my nine to five work as i'll call it right so it's like i have no idea why i go home and it's like i got like a kid that i see for a couple hours like before he goes to sleep so it's like how do i fit this time to do this other thing and we're just kind of like it's just it's basically an outlet like we just kind of discovered for me it's not about the little bit of money that i make from selling these things it's more of just like a it's actually like a de-stress from what, I, even though what I do, I, I love what I do, you know, it's just, 
It's just an outlet, it's I guess. An outlet. It's, 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 it's all a, it is. Yeah. It's all it is. It's, it's something about a zone. You know how mm-hmm. they say they play basketball and you get into a zone. That's exactly it. Yeah, you get into the zone and all of a sudden, four hours just disappears. You That's wake exactly and it. you look down and you're like, "Wow, it's done!" And like, you know, you forgot to eat, you forgot to drink, mm-hmm. you forgot to, you know. And it's a much better four hours used than four hours of like Netflix or four hours of like you know, social media scrolling or something. I mean, yeah. you, you know, like if you consider the amount of hours that, you know, people might spend with that. So social media would just get you hyped up and just, yeah, you know, well, it it's would, not, it would do it's the not positive. Opposite. Yeah. It, it, it'd be completely the opposite <clears throat> of what, you know, like a creative outlet would kind yeah. of give for you. And I think one of the cool things, what you're doing, especially with the children is that, um, people assume creative outlets, like you have to be, uh, like well trained in something to have a creative outlet, you know. But I mean, if you're eight or nine years old, you're just kind of learning stuff by definition. Right. You know, you, you have no experience. So, um, so, so that becomes a creative outlet for that young person in that moment, but also to carry on for the rest of their life as well. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was kind of neat. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, so your children's, uh, what, what are the age ranges? Like I, I was on your site the other day right. and I, I, I think it was like starting at eight or something like right. that. Um, well, all my classes have uh, filled up. So we we added another teacher, Ashley oh, wow. McDaniel, and she uh, teaches at the elementary school, uh, Creekside. And so she's teaching eight th- ages eight through 15. And um, finding, you know, I mean, she's a great teacher. She's um, she's wonderful with kids, and she's got a lot of experience. And she's licensed too. Mm-hmm. So um, you I can be licensed to teach art. Yes, yeah, really, it's true. Yeah, they Didn't won't hire you in the public school system oh, unless okay. you actually do have a um, a degree and Teaching a certificate. Degree. Right, know? right, okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, so you have your own uh, children's class that you teach. So you just added on another one, is what you're saying? That's right. I, can't, I got it. I can't work twenty four seven. Sure, sure. No, I, I assume <laughs> that the children's class only Ashley had done that. I didn't. I, I guess I didn't put two and two together that you. Yeah. That was like a now an add-on, basically. Yeah, it's yeah. an add-on. And then so that's I've, great. I've also added on another adult um, class, which is at 530 uh, to 730 on Wednesdays. And that filled up. So now <laughs> I've, I've um, added another uh, morning class for adults. And the neat thing about it is you don't have to have any supplies. Mm-hmm. I show you what um, all the art materials are and how to use them. And then from there, you can make a decision on what you want to invest into, um, you know, a Acrylic or charcoal or right. or oil paint to do things at your own home. To do things at your sure, own home. yeah. yeah. Now, did, now, did, were you always teaching classes? I, I know recently you've kind of shifted. Like I saw a post where you kind of shifted what you what you're doing at the Greater Good Gallery. But have you always done classes just at a smaller scale? Maybe. Uh, I started um, teaching a couple years out of uh, college, and I taught associate degrees. Um, graphic design and and I loved it it was right back when the um, internet was not even so was that all computer based yeah all computer based it was yeah and uh, I loved it it was great and then um, I started teaching fine art classes up in Vancouver and um, that was fun. I mean, Vancouver, I, Canada. Yeah. Is that where you're from? 
Well, I was living up there for a huh. while, yeah. Okay. And um, I had uh, preschool all the way to 80, 80 plus. And the ones, the adult classes, of course, they asked if they could bring a bottle of wine. And I said, yes, <laughs> certainly you can. And um, so that was really fun. And You're like the OG wine and paint, you know? Yeah. <laughs> the OG wine and paint. So, um, so then, um, and, and then in Newburn, you know, I was sitting there painting in my gallery and, and people would come in and say, oh, do you teach classes? Do you teach classes? So I decided to start okay. this thing called Paint With Me, which means you come in, you paint a painting in an hour, I help you out, which isn't full instruction, but pretty much, you know, I told you what to do. And um, so then I just decided, you know what? People need to learn how to draw, right. you know, not just paint, but draw and mm -hmm. do perspective and all those, the basics, um, because that will help their paintings. Even if their paintings look bad, at least the drawing will be well done, you know? Sure. So, um, so in the so, eye of the beholder anyways. I certainly is. <laughs> so, so I don't have a creative bone in my body. Yeah. So, so you could do it. No, I don't think I could. I mean, the, the right brain just doesn't I think function. everyone has yeah. a creative bone. Yeah. The, the funny thing is, um, this one, uh, this one student, she, she said, well, you know, um, I don't, I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not confident. And I said, don't you worry. You're not going to have time to think about what you're doing. I just, um, I push you, uh, step to step to step by the end of it. You'll, you'll just it'll be like a tornado of creativity hit you. You know, I, I don't let you stop, you know, to think, you know, what's interesting about you saying that though, I, I bet that statement though comes from working in tech basically your whole life. Yeah, I'm, Most I'm an tech en engineer. People don't consider themselves creative. Although, if you think about it, like people, this actually goes back to what I was saying earlier. People associate the word creative with something in the arts. Correct. Like if if, if you're not if you're not painting, drawing, doing photography, like those types of things are what people consider to be creative. But the tech world is filled with creative people like when you think about problem solving like you have to be you know creative about that you know mm -hmm. um like but, like macgyver yeah yeah i mean I, absolutely i'm a good macgyver see yeah, there but that's are. problem solving though but that's mm -hmm. different though. but if you figure a way how but, to translate that into just into into a brush stroke or uh what, what, yeah. what's the what's the tool called for the oil the little blade is it a blade yeah oh palette knife palette knife yeah. yeah you know if you if you translate that into your palette knife I feel like the same thing. So I could paint out. if I could use rulers and stuff, you know what I mean, to make straight lines. Well, you, you, know? you can. You, you can? can? Yeah, you can use rulers. Oh, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know that was allowed. Here, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll give you an example. <clears throat> I actually never thought I was creative either. Now, now listen, th this, is, this is not like I'm not an accomplished calligraphist or something, you know yeah, what I mean? I saw your post. I, I'm, I'm sure that's not even like the word for that person, but, uh, but I just started, you know, seeing these calligraphy things online i was like man, i'm like i've always wanted to like to learn that and so i just i took a little course online i bought myself a like dip ink pens which is probably actually the worst thing to do i ended up buying a, a pair i'm not sure if you know much about calligraphy tools but um they have the pilot parallel pen which is basically writes like a regular it's got an ink cartridge in it and stuff rather than having to learn the dipping technique which was a whole technique in itself but uh, yes, yeah, so I did this last week. I just I just started this back up again, like last week. So I I made this. So this is really the I forget what kind of lettering they call this. It's not um I think it's black lettering. Maybe you mean one font? You mean or? Yeah, it's a. Do you have type. fonts in calligraphy? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's like old English. There's Gothic. There's mm -hmm. black lettering. There's. You did a great job on that. 
Oh, thank you. And then this one is actually for Miss Lisa. I didn't frame <gasps> oh, it or anything. This is perfect. Uh, so this actually, so I had stopped in uh, the, how we made this appointment is I stopped in the gallery last week and I was, uh, here, I'll just kind of hold it up on. <laughs> I'm being for my face. So, um, yeah, I was trying to look for some calligraphy tools, like maybe an art store around here. I could not find an art store other than Michael's and... Why didn't we go to Michael's? You want to keep it local? That was number one. I mm -hmm. didn't want to try and find a local art store, but also the assortment. Like, they have, like, a little bit of, like, crafts, a little bit of art, and, like, a little bit of different things. Uh, but they don't really have calligraphy tools there, or, nor do they have uh, the right type of paper for... You need a very heavy and smooth paper for calligraphy. The way the ink doesn't bleed, and it needs to be smooth to the pen. Anyway, so I couldn't find any there, and so I, so I stopped, and I was like, hey, maybe you just might have a source, and yeah. didn't. But she had this, uh, basically, cardstock of paper, and so I said, well, you know what? I, I'll kind of practice on it. I'll see if I like it, and I liked it, and I'll uh, cool. almost make something. So I thought, this kind of represents Lisa, you know, like being, just be a kind person. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so. Uh, That's all I ask in the world, just be kind. Yeah. And that little stuff there is, uh, that's my best attempt at doing They call that flourishing when you kind of make like the little squigglies. Uh -huh. So call it flourish. I'm not very good at it, but that's probably, and that's see, probably uh, my best attempt at it. And see, my, my question is, you did, I can tell that you did this very slowly. You were very careful about the whole thing. And did you feel like um, it took a long time or did time just pass like so quickly you didn't even notice? I can answer that very definitively. It took me nine minutes to make that. I only know that because I, I recorded um, right. and top down of it. So when I looked at the final thing, it took me nine minutes. I thought it was two minutes, though. Mm -hmm. Until mm -hmm. I looked at it, I thought it was just like two but minutes. But when you do those things, you can't move too slow, right? I mean, because if you do too slow, then it kind of gets doesn't get hurt jerky. Um, I always thought you got to kind of do sweeping swoops. and mm, No? No, yeah, you can kind of... It, it's, it's pretty slow. Is it's it? pretty slow. But if you... If you just maintain control of it, you you, you can kind of. It definitely takes practice. Like the first few ones look, you know, terrible. Like, like I had a you know painter's hand or something. Mm -hmm. um, that was actually a really that was a really bad joke. I shouldn't have said that. It wasn't about oil painters. Um, but yeah, no, you um, yeah you do. It's just kind of you just have these like very methodical kind of pen strokes, and then you just kind of okay. You, you do get you do get into a zone with that though, so mm -hmm. yeah. that's probably my one uh, like artistic creative outlet that I you know kind of use. Like I've never been into painting um, or drawing, like penciling. Uh, my wife does this. Um, she she has those like adult coloring books that she uses. Right. Like I mean, it's like what, Zen. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. She's like in a major. Like she's got probably 60, 70 different pens and like. They're like super special pens. Right. And I mean, she does not go outside. I mean, they're like, they come out perfect. I mean, they look, they look amazing. Yeah, she loves it. But I, what, I does, she, do does she frame them afterwards or hang them on the wall? Or No, it's actually like in a spiral bound book. It's like 300 pages. And so they're just in this like spiral bound book that she can kind of slip through. If she, I mean, she can, you know, rip it out if she wanted to frame it or something. But um, Boy, that's not her goal. I don't get out much. I don't know about all this kind of stuff. Yeah, it takes like a few hours to do one of those pages. I'm like, whoa. Wow. Hmm. Hey, well, I have a, a little trivia thing. Um, oh! Okay, so um, 
upper and lower case was developed by Charlemagne, who was, I guess, a holy Roman emperor. Uh-oh. Before that, it was all uppercase, and there was no space between one word and the other. So you oh. can imagine how difficult it would be re- to read the old manuscripts. Sure, right? yeah. So he came along, changed it, and it became more readable, So and therefore more accessible um, if it's more readable. So there you are. So Charlemagne yeah. invented Char- uppercase and lowercase. Well, you know, I mean, he told his people to do it. <laughs> but, um, Sick yeah. thing. Yeah. It was like he used it to like That's you know, the, sell it or something. It was yeah. just for him and his thing to make it easier to read things later. Right. Yeah. And so, I, um, and That's, that's the short version of the story. Hmm. That is pretty um, interesting. Learning yeah, I mean, so much today. <laughs> how, how would you? But that's kind of interesting. Like when you know, when you think of like when writing was, you know, formalized. It's like how could you have written stuff without putting a? It just seems so commonplace for us. It's like how could you have ever thought that that was like the way to do it? Because like, wouldn't you read it back and you're like, but I guess maybe in their brains they could read it that way because that's um, how they wrote it. It was really only for um, the educated for, and yeah, the educated rich and, and, and the people royalty. who were in. Um, you know, the church. Yeah. Um, they would copy the Bible over and over and over and over and over. But everybody else, they got to see the illustrations. So when you walked into a church, um, you know, the illustration of where you were going to go if you were bad was right there on the church as you walked through the door. So you knew to behave yourself and to be a kind, kind person. person. <laughs> you knew that. Mm-hmm. So um, illustrations back then were, um, you know, they were really for the masses. So if you could go anywhere to view the artwork, what, what museum would you go to or what part of the world? Um, I would go to the Metropolitan in, oh, I love um, the Met. yeah, oh. in New York City. And the reason is, number one, you don't have to travel across the pond. And um, number two, uh, you could spend all day there and still not see it all. Every and, time I go to New York, I yeah. spend at least a day there. Just oh, love yeah. it. Yeah. 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 I, I've, I've never... Yeah, that's I've, one of I've the never, big ones. Yeah, I've never... Plus, I've never they got that famous scene that. there in the Egyptian mm-hmm. area of yeah. when Harry met Sally. You know, when they said they filmed so it So it's there. not just paintings and stuff? Oh, no. Oh, no. It, it's got... Um, they, Everything. They actually have things from Egypt they brought you in. You can see how uncultured yeah. I am. They, yeah, they have, they have They have furniture. You ever been in the areas yeah. where they collect all the furniture and the glass cases and all that? And it just goes on and on uh, and on. It's just so crazy. So re- really everything has to do with art. I mean, the way um, this mm. is designed, some some product designer, you know, and, and I know some kids and I know some adults who have jobs um, doing this, is uh-huh. designing these things for um, mass production and uh, houses clothes all the patterns yeah last time we were there they were doing a display of, of women's clothing through the ages and mm-hmm. what they had to wear you know during weddings or during funerals and, and yeah. fascinating yeah. there's a there's a few things that i really really remember from like grade school level but one of the things i remember was the uh the golden ratio which is i think uh it's oh god i just it just blanked it's like 1.615 what, what is the golden ratio one, it's 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 like a spiral. It, it's it's also used in a spiral, but it, it's also uh, in almost every shape that you see, especially marketing and advertising. It's supposed to be the most pleasing ratio of height to width. Like cereal boxes, as an example, is one of the most commonly. It's that exact ratio, cereal box. Like you know, sixteen by nine or something. Is that a? 
It's it's kind of close to sixteen by nine, but it's not exactly. It's it's it is it's one to one point six one five. But but actually, um, as I've learned over the years, especially when I was learning web design like five or six years ago, um, it actually takes place in typography as well. So if you think of like you know your main heading, you actually divide it by one point one six one five to get to your like subtitle. Which has a pleasing ratio of you know the two font sizes, so that way they're not super dramatic, they're not too close to each other. So there's like, there's there can be a bit of thought process there's involved. There's a lot of left brain that you can access just to be artistic. Mm -hmm. That's correct. And science too. Mm -hmm. you know? That's exactly it. Yeah. Um, but that was one of the things I remember. And then the one drawing technique that I remember from uh, from school is, which is it's funny, it's actually I still do it today if I'm like trying to fill something in. I do the crosshatch method. I think it's called crosshatch. Right, crosshatch. Yeah. Where you're kind of like, you basically go one direction, and then you go the opposite direction, and then you go diagonally to that. And it basically fills it in, but it's it's just a method of drawing, which is, it's funny. That's the way I still do it today. Right. But it's just. And speaking of, you are highly creative because you have that picture of the downtown. Yeah, so, so let's show that. And then we're going to show um, an interpretation <clears throat> of this. Okay, so. Here's a picture I took um, actually just uh, about a year ago now. Uh, the clock tower had just got its new lights uh, for the clock faces. And I was like, you know what? I really want to take a picture of this at nighttime. This is what they call long exposure photography. And um, it's pretty. You can kind of actually see here why it's called long exposure. You can see like a little bit of a, a motion trail. But anyways, it just so happened that night that it started lightning and started having a storm. And um, I just tell people I'm just such a Back to the Future nerd um, that it, I just happened to catch a lightning bolt. Now, if you had a DeLorean driving by, yes, <laughs> yeah, I would have, I would have geeked do, out. Do something yeah. like that with uh, Bethany. Yeah, but uh, that was planned. This is not planned. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. This was this was this, this is what made it so special for for me is that <laughs> it just it wasn't planned and it was like, oh my god, it's a clock tower and it's lightning. I, I mean, I I just I was throwing a fit. So so go back to Lisa now here. So uh, right, actually, matter of fact, the very first art walk that I ever attended, which was last August, um, it was actually shortly after I took this photo. And uh, I had met Carol at the Gritty Grid Gallery, That's and I'll right. show, we were talking to her, and she was like, oh, sometimes I'll just take a photo of something and I'll paint it. And she showed me an example. I'm like, wow, that's pretty good. I'm like, and so just as a drunken challenge, I was like, oh, could you do this photo? And unbeknownst to me, you know, a couple months later, she had just found the photo somewhere online, and then I go back there one day, and I see this, and, and I'm like, oh, she did it. So, it's got the light, uh, lightning and everything. Yeah. Yeah, she got the lighting bulb. I mean, just the the detail in the, Ooh, the, I the see. detail in the uh, yeah, right there is about good focus. Yeah. Uh, the detail of the windows, the detail I like, I like the, of the, the swirling of the sky, kind of behind it. I mean, everything is just—it's fascinating. The, see, the, see, the thing is, though, she picks up um, from other people's photos as reference. She always adds a bit of her own uh, style to sure. it. And Carol Jones, her style always has lines in there. Lines and rhythm and motion. It creates um, a pattern in a way. So mm -hmm. um, I can always tell it Carol Jones. But finding that this was your photo, it was just a coincidence. Yeah, it? yeah. yeah. It, was, it was amazing, yeah. yeah. I, actually, it kind of actually reminds me of a, a, a type of... Uh, artwork that I like is uh, architectural drawing, like when people kind of like freehand stuff. We're not, it's not actually freehand, sometimes they, they often do with rulers, but they'll, 
then come up with like this building that they've drawn by hand and it's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it's amazing <laughs> it's just amazing <laughs> what someone can do just with their because you you just assume all these things are just made on a computer that that's kind of right like especially when you think of like logo design like nowadays i mean i'm just going to make a guesstimate i'm going to say 90 percent of logos are done on a computer there are traditional you know uh, logo designers that still start with a pen and go to a brush and that kind of stuff but um but most of it is just done straight from a blank canvas and illustrator or something mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um certainly when i've made just small projects for clients that's, that's where i go to i mean i don't have any other method um that's actually what got me into the hand lettering at first was when i i saw this guy said lester he was uh basically recreating all the iconic logos just from hand like Recreated the Ferrari logo, Adidas, Vans. Uh, recreated the Led Zeppelin logo just just from a pen. I'm like, and then you get to thinking, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm like these things were created before like Illustrator was around. So it's like, mm-hmm. I guess someone just hand painted them. Yeah, so that kind of makes sense. And I'm like, graphic artist. I wonder if you can still learn that today. And then you know, you go down this rabbit hole, and then yeah, that's kind of where you land. So up. some of the words um, from today are based in the past, but like copy paste. You know, there mm-hmm. used to really be glue that mm. you would paste it, so mm. it wasn't like. So that's, that's where co- copy paste came. Yeah. Right, because yeah, actually, if you think about it, like where does the word like how does the word paste fit into the digital? I guess it doesn't, right. but it is. It's so it's so yeah. common. So so what you're saying that when you do copy and paste on your computer, mm-hmm. that really originated from the days when they used glue. So, um, you know, back in the day, my mom worked at a uh, newspaper, so I was a typesetter, so I would sit there and I, you know, read the words that people would write, and I'd type as fast as I can to put it in, and then I'd watch the people over there putting the newspaper together, and, um, you know, cutting with an X-Acto blade and pasting it down with glue. Hmm. And there came the newspaper. And I was <laughs> so, like, ah. So old school. Yeah. And it's kind of magic. <laughs> but you too. were a typesetter, though, but you didn't actually set type like old school oh, printing yeah, presses. Oh, yeah. I remember that. We had um, a printer two doors down. This is back in the 70s. And he did have the lead. Yeah. Did he really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've done that before, actually, yeah. in, uh, in high school, in Bedford High School. Yeah. New Bedford High had just umpteen programs available. And it was a huge It was a huge high school. I, I tell people my graduating class was like just about a thousand kids. I mean, it was just, it was a huge, huge that class. Um, but yeah, they had all sorts of uh, different, you know, hands-on type of workshops. But one of them was, uh, they had a they had a printing press in, um, in the school there. And so we got to learn, you know, the, actually when you think about, again, when you think about common phrases like today, like letting, you know, right. which is actually the, Letting is basically the amount of space in between, um, you know, a letter and a sentence, which is actually was a blank piece of lead, mm-hmm. like just mm-hmm. a dead piece of lead that wouldn't get printed anywhere. Right. Um, but now that leading is, or people call it leading actually, but it, but it's leading from what I've what I've been told. Um, but anyways, yeah, so I did that, and so I, we kind of created our own like letterheads, is what we right. did, you know, just with our name, like a little insignia thing on it and stuff. We got to use this like guillotine press that cuts the uh, all the paper. That was pretty fun. Um, yeah, so there was just like all sorts of like little things that you know. That, yeah, you're right. You know, that you kind of pick up that carried over, but are like in our digital vernacular now, but had nothing to do with you know our digital workflow ever. Yeah. 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 So copy and paste and cut and paste. They both them. Uh... Cut originated, and paste, copy yeah. And paste, yeah. yeah. That's something. <laughs> well, speaking Good of old command V. 
um, back back in the day before um, the internet, books were you know pretty big. So it was um, music was pretty big before, um, and videos were pretty big, like selling those kind of things. And so I was always in the business of print. I was a big print person. I mean, I can do web, but I was a big print person. So when I came here to New Bern, um, so two years ago, um, we put together this book. It's called A Brief History of Artists in Eastern North Carolina. And what huh. it did was it kind of documented from the time that I got here, which was like, I don't know, I really started going out on the streets painting in 2011 um, up until you know, pretty much the hurricane. So um, it showcases a lot of the people in North Carolina um, it's a really, it's really neat um, because it's mostly Newburn, <laughs> but you can see the cover <laughs> design. It's got a lot of pictures of just about everybody's little. Mind picture. if I? Uh, yeah. So now, so now you had a hand in putting this together. Yeah, saying, I had a or? hand in putting this together because I used to um, graphic design as a job, and it's creative and everything. And so I would publish catalogs and. Um, publications and billboards and you name it and so I had the skills so uh, Ben Watford and John Derby um, we all put this together we had workshops where people would come in we would take their photo uh, we would Photoshop them of course and um, and then write up their bios we'd have writing um, bio workshops and the and the reason why we wanted to do it is it's going in the Library of Congress and so then huh. that way, there goes our legacy. So, you know, once That's we pass cool. on, we're all a part of this, you know, um, we're, we're all in there. So if someone wants to look us up, say, 100 years from now, they can what find us. What does it us. take to get something in the Library I of Congress? Know. Well, you, first you Google it. Um, back when I did it, it was $25. And, when the pub and they give you a number, so you publish that number in there. And um, that's it. Yeah, that's about it. Now they don't keep I'm a physical. Put my Instagram guy. Yeah. In they don't keep Congress. a physical copy there. Yeah. So once it's printed, you send them a physical really? copy in it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Where on earth do they keep all? There must be billions of books. No, you imagine. And I hmm. know. I know. Well, but isn't that neat? The that's, archive. That's very cool. Yeah. So now we're we're going down in history. How long did it take to do it? Two years. It took two years to put that together. Wow. But, you know, I mean, it's a work of love, really. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I love the people. I love being around creative people. We're talking, you know, musicians and festivals and art galleries and um, quilters and weavers and you name it. So, mm -hmm. really I just, cool. yeah, I wanted everybody in there. Are, are these still sold somewhere? On Amazon. Okay. Mm hmm Yeah, so you can look it up if you like. These are pretty, pretty neat. Yeah. So, to, I like, you know, it's... I, I shouldn't call this a coffee table book, but that's kind of like this what I... This kind of is. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fair enough. I didn't know if that's insulting <laughs> yeah. or not. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of... Yeah. You know, it's just like something neat to kind of just, you know, kick around, just kind of browse through and... Yeah. Like, almost all of these things are like coffee. Actually, my wife just got me this book. Let's see it. This is certainly not the history of newborn artists, but she just got me Lego Ideas Oh, book. that's fantastic. Um... This isn't um, as Sorry. big of a passion of mine as some... What? What's so funny? Nothing. nothing. Actually, uh, once, which, you know, people just assume if you still play with Legos when you were 30, that was like, you know, you were like a big <laughs> nerd, you know, but uh, nowadays it's, that's like a, it's a whole culture. I mean, the, the Lego, it's a huge culture. Right. Um, they, they just had that... You ever uh, been to the Lego store in New York City? No, it's I've been crazy. to the Lego store. Yeah. Uh, you know, like the... They had they had one in uh, the Providence Place Mall, mm -hmm. and uh, I mean it was I mean it was pretty big. It wasn't like huge. I, I imagine one in New York might be. Big oh my god, it's overwhelming. Um, and I'm not a Lego person. Yeah, so this was uh, this was kind of a cool book. 
It's neat that people still buy books. Yeah, I, I, I haven't read any of those. I no, read but any. you have them and you I look do. at them and they still inspire you. Yes, I, I guess yeah. that's kind of what it is. I mean, I've read parts of them. Uh-huh. I've listened to them also, though. Right. You know, I definitely listen to books. I can't read. It's, it's, a, it's an issue. I, I mean, I can read, but I can't read and retain what I had just read. And yeah. so it just doesn't work for me. Does this guy ever paint like on the streets? I uh, know Lee Hood's the one who paints on the street. Okay, because I swear I've met a guy it. like that, looked yeah. just like him a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice, though. Actually, so yeah. speaking of which, I think you're actually the third person, well, te- second person from the Greater Good Gallery, because we had Claudia. Claudina. Uh, yeah. Claudina, excuse uh-huh. me. Yeah. That's Cla- all right. Claudina, yeah. yeah. She, was, she was awesome. She was great. Yeah. Actually, she, um, Left us some she dropped off one mm-hmm. of her. Um, recognize that anywhere. I love that. Disney inspired <laughs> photos, there, yeah. Um, but we also had. Uh, I, I don't think he's with the Greater Good, but we also had Brian Cardoza on who paints outside the Greater yeah, Good Gallery. Yeah, he's got the uh, spin art. Spin art, yep. Uh-huh, yeah, so this right. is, I think this is our third artist, I guess you could uh, yeah. kind of see. I ended up seeing Brian everywhere, though, after that, because he used to yeah. see him down at Planet Fitness. Yes. And then I see him at Walmart, and I see him just, it just kept on popping, like he was stalking me or something. It was the weirdest well, it's, thing. It's like one of those things, like, if you buy a new car, you just, you then see that car, like, everywhere you drive, you know. So now that you're, like, acquainted with him, you, you do. He's an unusual guy, yeah. anyways. Though you know, so he sticks yeah, out a little yeah, bit. Yeah, he's definitely hard to hard, hard to miss. Yeah, yeah. No, he, he was cool. He, he was a good guest. Yeah. Um, so, so, all right. So what? Oh, go ahead. No. You, you had another question. Go ahead. You got you got um, well, material. One thing I wanted to say is um, yes. I am going to be continuing to offer classes. So if you don't find something on my website, um, you know, keep checking or and I'll post it to Facebook too. Um, but lisabisbee.com or greatergoodgallery.com. And, um, you know, we might have more teachers. So are you big on the gram then and all that? Big on Instagram? I will be. Oh, okay. Because I would, I would be following you by now if you, if you. <clears throat> well, you are on Instagram. Lisa Bisbee. I am Lentz. on Instagram. You are. I have nine photos. Yeah. I do. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. I have nine. Uh huh. All color red. Red is the um, color on that. Bigger one. on Facebook? Bigger on Facebook. Right? Okay. You got to focus on something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you, is red the main focus like right now and then you're going to like change up the focus later yeah, or something? Well, or <clears throat> the color wheel, red, Roy G. Biv, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, and violet. So that's kind of neat. So yeah. you're, you're, you're kind of so, uh, making your, your yeah. grid almost like a gallery, but right. in kind of different themes. I love that. Right. So next that's nine great. pictures should be orange, and I don't know what day I'll post. And they say you're supposed to post every day, but I didn't. I don't Sometimes follow I post once a week. I can I tell you're know. not losing any sleep over it either. I'm not. <laughs> Sometimes I post once a week. Uh-huh. You know, it's funny. I was actually just thinking about that very thing about the frequency of posting just yesterday. Because I was talking to a client yesterday about it. Um who wanted me to hold them accountable for frequency of social media postings. And so, so it's kind of like, Hey, what's your roadblock? You know, like what, just like being honest about it. So basically said time, which is almost everyone's it's either, mm-hmm. either time or just not knowing what to post. One of those two things, or often a combination of both. And I was just thinking yesterday, I'm like, you know what? I feel like so many people treat social media posting as they're like big, corporate boss like if they don't do this thing their like business is going to be in trouble or their job's going to be in jeopardy it's like it, it for so for some people it holds so much anxious weight to get something posted and so if they don't it's like my business is going to crumble i i, I even though i um 
you know, I advocate to post as frequently as possible. Sometimes I just post like once a week and I still got work coming out of my ears, you know? So it's like, it's, it's like I'm a social media person, but you don't have to live on it, I guess. Or you don't have to live, your life doesn't have to live on it in terms of posting every single day or every other day. It just, right. Yeah, I find when I'm not running my business and posting, because I pretty much post every day just what's happening on the water or customers and whatnot. But when I'm not doing that, I just don't even think about opening it up sometimes. I mean, mm-hmm. for, a, for a week, you know, just doesn't bother me. I love scrolling. <laughs> scrolling is kind of nice. Yeah, no, I, I, do, I do scroll as well. I, every day I do scroll. You right. know, I do scroll every day, and so I interact with other people, but I don't always post my own content every day. Right. Now, anyways. Right. Yeah, I think it's... um. <clears throat> it's pretty amazing how the world has changed. Mm-hmm. I mean, even to be able to sit here and do this live. You're right. Yes. On the internet. Yes. Right. So that's one of my goals is to be live teaching mm-hmm. so that I can reach more people because I do believe if you are creative, you will be less destructive in this world because mm-hmm. you'll be creative. You won't mm-hmm. have time for the destructive. Well, damn. I better get creative here real quick. Yeah. Oh, I, I, but yeah. you know, just as, and then, excuse me, another testament to that. My kid absolutely loves, loves to paint. That's what I was thinking. And then I said, oh, it's kind of like eight years old. But he, he's four, so I mean, he's only a couple right. years away. But mm-hmm. uh, my wife does all sorts of painting stuff with him almost every other day. Um, but, you know, he's four, so he gets into his destructive moments where he's taking his Monster Jam trucks and he's like throwing them at each other. Or he's taking, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he gets in that kind of like, I want to see how the world works when i pull things apart kind of stuff you know right. but, but when he's painting oh my god he is in his like you can just see his gears just ticking in his head just right. like it's it's a it i love when i get when i have the chance to i love watching him draw or paint because he's just it's he's in a completely different world right he's the boss he becomes the completely. boss it's his decision you know, a lot of a lot of the students are like, "Well, can I do this?" And I said, "It's up to you. You are you make the decision. Mm-hmm. You know, you know what the rules are. The rules are you can't draw off the page in the nothingness. You know, sure, to, sure, to draw on the page. So, sure, you know, of course you could try. We talk about streaming. I would love to be able to stream live every cruise I do, just oh, so people it, people could just chime in whenever they just thought about it. You know, and they could see what we're talking about or see yeah. the view of the. Maybe you could just water. run. At least that way you'd have it. Well, for it's the posterity. data connectivity. It had to be through cellular, and it would just yeah. it would eat up everything. I feel like you have pretty good data connection on the water, though. No. Oh, I do, but I mean, yeah. I would run up twenty gigs in a day. I mean. Oh, because or you have a Wi-Fi plan. Oh, I got you. What you're saying. Well, I mean, I got a cellular plan, but I mean, you know, I would eat it, eat it up in no time just doing mm-hmm. it. Pro- if, probably if, not. Pro- probably not. It, it actually anyway. it actually doesn't use as much as you think it does. Right, right. But it would it would if I I'm running seven days a week, you know, doing three four cruises a day. It would yeah. so. Anyways. Anyway, thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. what 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 did you have? Uh, yeah, that, you know, what oh, did you well, have these, down there? This is really the 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 um, grits of what I talk uh, talk about in my art classes, um, the principles and the elements of design. And I didn't do these little characters, but this was the best. Um, example I could find and um, so we're talking uh, color space texture form shape value line movement repetition um, rhythm unity harmony variety emphasis contrast balance and proportion so that's a whole lot Uh. in one one piece of art so you can find whether or not they accomplished any of these tasks in there 
But um, these all—they're all helpful. Now those those are sketches you've done inside there. Well, I want to show you. So this is um, how to draw a face. Basically, what you do is you draw a circle, you divide it in half, and then from the eyes down to the chin, you divide that in half, and that's the bottom of the nose. And then from the bottom of the nose to the chin, you divide that in half, and that's the separation of the lips. Now, if you come straight out to here, the bottom of the ear is at the bottom of the nose. Mm. If you come up here, the top of the ear is at around the eye area. Now, this is... Um, <clears throat> everybody's forehead is different so you go ahead and you you know decide is the forehead way up here i have a very large forehead so mine would be very high um the neck actually doesn't come in it follows this line straight down so see there's just rules right now these are the rules it's just a structure but everybody's different right. so if i were to look at you i'd say no your eyes are a bit closer your nose is a bit wider your your lips are a bit um, wider over here. So this is just the basic structure. So that's what I teach is uh. the basic structure so that you can go ahead and um, make your person. And, and the same thing with uh, two-point perspective. It's pretty easy. Once you follow the rule, there's a point here, a vanishing point, and there's a vanishing point here, and all these go to each side. Huh. So then you get a 3D uh, structure. Huh. Kind of neat, huh? And, and you teach all that in your art class? or yeah. Well, I give them a smorgasbord, a little bit of everything. Sure, sure. Yeah, because yeah, everybody's going to follow the type of thing they like to draw. And, uh, and like people, it all comes in. You can see this little character right here. But, you know, there's little circles on the joints. So it doesn't mean it's perfect or anything. But for a quick sketch to see where somebody is, it's a mm -hmm. gestural drawing. There's many right. different kinds of ways to draw. Um, so anyway, I give a little bit of everything. That is pretty cool. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. My, my favorite style of, of artwork is impressionism. Yeah. I just love that thing about how you can stand up close to it and you can't see the image, but you have to back away. And then it starts to materialize the farther away you get. And I just, yeah. I just love that whole concept. I love that too. And how you could, how you could create that by standing, because you have to paint it close. Right. Right. So how yeah. do you know what you're painting? You know. Uh, okay. So uh, Lee Hood is in the gallery painting this one time, and he's up close to his canvas, and then he backs away about i'd say 10 feet to look at it and then comes back up to the canvas well people are walking through the gallery and he's bumping right into him so we thought we should put a sign on his back you know watch out for the artist or or, <laughs> or have a have a backup beeper or something yeah all right pick a car and then get it to me miss lisa oh i don't look that's at okay. it okay that's okay i couldn't read it i don't have my glasses on that's okay hey this is a fun question for you because you've traveled and you've kind of been Right. Different places. So this is our pod decks uh, area. So what's left on your bucket list? Oh, boy. Um, well, I, I just started this art education venture. So I wrote um, a business plan way back in 2002. I was in um, an entrepreneurial class that lasted 16 weeks. We had to write a business plan. And um, on there was the gallery, which I did. On there was the art history book, which I, I did, and now was a school, right, an art school. So um, my little tiny gallery, that little tiny space is going to move. It is going to expand. There is going to be something in the future because I see it in my head. Oh. I just don't know the timeline. Are you going to stay downtown? Well, see, that's the whole thing is like 
everything's kind of based on this COVID at this minute, right? Mm. So um, COVID has to do with finances. And so, like, depending upon how this COVID thing works, if I can't, um, you know, sell my paintings to or make my art classes, um, you know, this is going to take a longer bit of time. But if I can get this um, art education online, then I really can go anywhere. You know, I could do workshops in Colorado. I could do workshops um, in Vermont. Um, on a boat. I could do them on a boat, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I don't know how it's going to end up at the end of the summer, but it is going to transform for sure. Cool. Yeah, cool. you briefly told me that the other day, yeah. but I, I didn't recognize that the right. movement of the gallery was intended to, right. you know, to further that remotely. Yeah, yeah so that's, that's one of the bucket list. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. What about, about you, Dave? Um, bum, 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 bum. Oh, um, we were supposed to do, me and five of the guys were supposed to do the Coast to Coast Trail in the UK. 200 miles. Wow. And you Walking? Yeah, you walk it and uh-huh. you camp a couple of days and then you stay in a little pub or, or Airbnb or something like that. Then you hike another couple of days. So that's on, that's on my bucket list. Wow. And we obviously cool. didn't get that done this year. So cool. I haven't had a lot of... And you, Brad? Uh, I haven't had a lot. I don't have a lot of bucket list things, but since I was a kid, I've actually always wanted to go to Portugal. I think my wife and I actually had talked about going to Portugal like a, like a few years ago, and then we ended up having a kid. And so, and then we thought, well, maybe when it gets a little older, like we could take it with us. But now, you know, COVID kind of happened. So yeah. it's like, so yeah, I've just always wanted, I'm, I'm half Portuguese, and so I just, I've always wanted to go to mm-hmm, people. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have told me that when they've gone there, they just love the. It's supposed to be beautiful. Yeah, yeah. it's very beautiful. I mean, just, just a great place to come mm-hmm. visit, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm not a traveler, though, so it's not like. I don't have aspirations to like travel to Europe and then travel to France after and travel all these other places. Like just, I don't want to visit Portugal and then I'd be kind of like, I'm done with traveling. <laughs> like that would be my extent, you know? That's Gee, it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. The, you might catch a bug. You never know. Yeah. Travel bug. Perhaps. But, yeah, perhaps. But see, I, I don't like going as a tourist. I like going as they did this program called work away where you actually stay in someone's home. And the deal is you work for them 20 hours a week and they provide room and board for you. So you have you get over there, and I was in France, and you have a job, and so all of a sudden you you have to interact with communities, and, and it gives you something to do, and and it's just the best way to experience, That's you know. Yeah, so yeah. You're not really there just like kind of on a blur. If you really get to get immersed. I mean, it was like when I was in the UK. Um, you know, I, after a while, I mean, they have historical um, castles over there, you know, by the hundreds, and I get after a while you get what's called castle fatigue. You know what I mean? You've seen one. 13th century castle and after a while oh it's just another castle <laughs> you know and so um, this gives you something to do and it's just a great way to do it that is pretty interesting mm-hmm. so. uh, okay Miss Lisa Bisbee Lentz yes. okay so you already said people can find you at lisabisbee.com or greater good gallery oh go ahead yes greater good gallery greater good gallery.com mm-hmm. where can they sign up for your classes oh uh, right online um, the registrations at- which website though or either uh, well, if you click on Greater Good Gallery, it takes you right over so to lisabisbee.com. Lisabisbee.com mm-hmm. is the place that they actually go mm-hmm. to register, though. And I imagine that they can see when you have like a class that's going to be available. Because you don't right. have any right now, I don't think. I do. I have oh. one uh, Thursday morning for adults. And then we have two um, classes with Ashley McDaniel on Mondays. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. So you got to promise me though, if, if you're going to go virtual or move or something, you still have to do the art walks. 
Right. Answer wine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's all about Dave. <laughs> it's it's all about the wine. Yeah. He it, he could actually have you just forgo the art walk and just serve wine and, and that now would Brad, be now Brad, you're him. you're you're <laughs> <laughs> Okay, all right, we are gonna wrap that up. So that was episode forty. Thank you so much, Lisa, Thank you. for uh stopping by. Thank you, Dave. Uh, for uh, I guess stopping by. Thank you. <laughs> and Josh, thank you again for uh, being a fantastic creative producer. Thank you. <laughs> uh, do, do you have any uh, idea about uh, schooling and uh, nothing yet, huh? So he, he, he uh, Josh goes to UNCW. Oh, okay. Are they? Wow, okay. Have you tried them yet? Are you doing them? Or? No, I've already registered for my classes, mm-hmm. but they don't start until September, late August. Right. So we'll see if they start on time. Yeah. Kind of, September is like that dicey kind of mm-hmm. time frame of if things are going to be more you know that's like the issue with Mumfest right now you know for October it's kind of like yeah. mm-hmm. so hard to, it's so hard for them to plan it because it's like what are we gonna be allowed to do in October? Yeah, you got to plan for the unknown, you know. Oh yeah. So, huh? You might be sticking around a little bit longer on here, I guess, huh? All right, better, better get comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're gonna wrap that up so we can end that. Thank you again, and tune in um, next Wednesday. We have a tentative guest, um, but if you want to catch the replay of this, so if you were watching at the tail end of this, you can watch the whole thing, or you want to listen to it. Just go to themorningimpact.com. So that's themorningimpact.com. And you can see video replays, or you can get a link to iTunes or Spotify to listen to it. Um, But that's it. See you next week.